Welcome to That's What Nee Said. I'm Nee, a mother and an entrepreneur. This is my journey to find a footing in life, well, at least try to, and what I have to say about it. Hey, everybody! Another week has came and went. How was your week? So work has been kind of slow for me. I was really, 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 really busy for the past six weeks, and two of the clients that I produced the most for for the past six weeks, they need to do further planning and this and that. We agreed that well, I'll wait for their further notice. At least I, I tried to confirm with them. So far, they're happy with the quality of my work. It's just. One is a private person, so she's like, I need to kind of pull more funds together if I want to continue. And the other one is a nonprofit.、So、yeah, we're planning on things. Need to wait for funding. So as soon as that everything is in place, and then they'll come back to me. Hopefully, I did make a big mistake this last. So usually we record in studio. Everything is here. I do exactly I was taught, and things have been working fairly smoothly. And I've been learning more and more about sound engineering, about post production, so I can make things sound smooth without any kind of click and popping and this kind of white mouth sounds. I've gotten really good at taking them out. It's so annoying. This is a visual thing. So when our mouth makes this kind of wet or dry mouth sounds, and the microphone picks it up, when you're looking at the spectrum frequency view in Audition. You visually see them, and this mouth sound thing in that view is very visible. They're bright orange or yellow usually, and they're like these thin little vertical lines, like a scratch. If you imagine in horror movies, you see that scratch on the wall, or you can imagine it as like blood dripping off of walls, because that is horror for me when I open a file. And I zoom in. I just start seeing the lines all the way. Usually, we open up the file. You kind of scan over. You don't see any weird noises too much that you have to take out. The process from there on after is fairly simple. Three four steps takes about twenty thirty minutes. You're done. But when you open a file and you start seeing those mouth sounds, I have to go second by second. Sometimes I have to do it two three times. Because if they made that mouth sound while the other person is talking, it makes it a little more complicated. If they're making that sound while they're speaking themselves, it makes it more complicated. And things like a bang on the table. The worst is self ringtone. There is no perfectly good ways, especially if it rains and then she talked through it. Ooh, that drains the life out of me. It's just when I see those marks in the spectrum frequency view. My heart sinks. I am capable of taking care of it now. Pretty proud of myself for figuring that one out. Thanks to everyone else on the internet providing all these information. But still, it's just it still takes time. There is no automated noise remover or click and pop remover. They only work to a certain extent. And then in real life, in recording, most of the time it's more complicated than that, and you have to put in some elbow grease or knuckle grease in this case to take care of it. If a program is just filled with noises that I have to manually take out one by one, and one hour recording can easily take two to three half an hour, twenty minute recording, at least one hour putting it to just make sure it sounds good. Maybe I am too sensitive. 
because definitely there are other shows that I listen to. They overall sound very good, but I definitely notice there are times there are certain noises that they're not taking out. And they are supposed to have the funds to hire a professional team to take care of that. So I don't know what their producers are doing. Maybe they just don't care. That's okay. But for me, when I'm listening to the things that I recorded, and I use headphones. So those little sounds just really pop out and it really annoys me. I have some kind of sensory issue. I just cannot accept it as much as I can. I just have to take it out. So I made a mistake when we were recording something on site instead of in studio. Brought all the equipment, connected everything, started the recording. I put the headphones on, the sound was all coming through the mic. It sounded fine. But apparently in the audio setting, there is something I have to manually turn off if I don't want to use the iPad microphone. I didn't know that, so I didn't. So even though I could hear the mic as we were recording, that audio was not in the file. So all I got from all four of my cameras are all just like a phone recording. So there was a lot of ambient noise, a lot of buzzing, and, and the speech was just kind of muddy. And I kid you not, I spent somewhere between eight to 10 hours to try to figure it out. I felt so bad. When I first started working at the studio here, there were times I would mess up with the settings. I would maybe not turn on the broadcasting light. I would, you know, just mistakes. I haven't really done anything wrong for quite a while. Made a mistake. And I felt really bad and I tried my absolute best. I basically searched the internet for every single possible solution. And their add-on, your existing program that automatically help you filter out noises and such. But in this particular case, there is just no way. After eight hours, I made the audio sound as good as possible. When you're watching the video, it's not super difficult because you can see their mouth. So even if the sound is a little muddy, you can still work out the words. But when it comes to podcasts, you, you just can't be too muddy. So that I spent a lot of time, eight to 10 hours, I'm not joking. Also with my husband not being here over the weekend, she had uh, the weekend, she had horrendous sleep. When I reached a point where I just know I couldn't possibly make this any better, if, even if I spent more time on it. I wrote my client an email, just sincerely apologized. I take responsibility for it. My clients shouldn't have to pay for the mistakes that I made. But I am still producing a product and I told them, please take a look, please review. If you really don't think this is good enough, you have a problem with it, you would like me to improve, or you don't think it's fair for me to charge for this quality, that's fine. I'll let go of that episode. You don't have to pay for anything. Obviously, I will make damn sure it doesn't happen again. I cannot. I hate being a perfectionist. I hate having this kind of anxiety about mistakes. Only because just growing up, people around me, have always made such a huge deal about making mistakes. Even though we have quotes from historical figures saying, oh, failure is the mother of success, that kind of stuff. But in real life, in practice, failure was never tolerated. It was always punished. That was when you were a kid. Yes, of course, sometimes you're just not paying enough attention. Sometimes you're careless. But that leaves a really deep mark on a child, on a person to want to go on to take risks, to want to admit that it made a mistake. Because admitting meaning you're wrong, meaning you're going to be punished. Being faced with reality, with consequences through working in real life. I have came to be this person where if I make a mistake, I remember it. I remember every single mistake I've made my whole entire professional life. They replied to my email saying, we reviewed it. Not, we understand it's not your greatest work. 
but this is still okay. The content is still there. So let's just move on. As of right now, it's my favorite project because I learned so much doing this work. And it really does make me feel closer to the local community, even though I'm not really a part of it. I'm not, I mean, that sounded bad. What I'm saying is I haven't lived here long. I haven't lived through any of it. I haven't met any of the people that are in a lot of cases very well known in the community. If I didn't work on this program, I would never have known. So that was, that was great. That's part of the reason when they approached me for work, I was just like, yeah, I'll do it. Of course. I'm the kind of person who would never pick up a history book. I just not a reader, but I'm glad I have this opportunity to learn these things through a different media. So that's going to be slow, which is kind of serendipitous because the past six weeks, two months has been very, very busy. And I've been slacking on taking care of the house, taking care of the yard. Freya really wanted the cabin, like a little play cabin in the backyard. Every time I go to our local Target, she would just basically dash straight towards that cabin and, and she just wouldn't leave. And she just really, really, really want that. So I figure, yeah, this is something I can build. It's not going to be amazing, but I can definitely build her one. And I've been stressing out thinking that I would never find time this summer to get it built. But then again, even though winter here is pretty mild, I don't want to build it when it's cold and then she's not going to be playing out there as, as much. So that is serendipitous that work just suddenly slowed down. Time found me basically to build something that my daughter will love. So that'll be exciting. I'm very much looking forward to doing that. I know right now it's not the best time for traveling. When we do have a chance to travel again, especially abroad, I really wish more Americans, especially the ones that haven't left their hometown, has never left their state, has never left the country to go look around. Some people have this preconceived notion because they're so proud of their country, they're so proud of their American lifestyle, they don't need to look around. They kind of equate looking around, learning from other countries or observing from other countries by default, admitting that you're not happy with America, that you think America is not good enough for you. And I definitely disagree with that. If you think about it this way, think of it like a Pinterest board. You put a lot of shit on that board, but how much of that, how many of those things have you actually done? How many of those recipes have you actually made? How many of those craft things have you actually done with your kids? But it's good to have those material that we can reference back to. And eventually when we get a chance, when an opportunity presents itself, we can use that information. And to me, traveling to other countries, learning from other cultures is exactly that. Just because you traveled to anywhere in Europe, those uh, welfare states in Europe, or if you traveled to Asia, or if you traveled to China, doesn't mean you want to change America into their way. But those are just little pockets of information that helps you to make the neurological link to come up with a creative solution when it comes to solving a local problem. I would try to present that, try to use this to convince them to open up and travel to see. It's not because, oh, when you're out there, you will see how much of a failure America is because everybody is doing better. No, that's absolutely not what you see. You would see the progress other people are making and you would see the sacrifice that come with the progress. 
you will see different perspectives. You will see different style of management. You would see that culture and ideology conflicts exist everywhere, and then you make your decision upon that. You know, America, especially the the right wing media, really love to talk about oh the left wing bubble, but really the whole of America is a gigantic bubble because of because of the media, because of organized religion. A lot of people really haven't had the chance. To observe, to question, to design any kind of solution for themselves or for a very long time. Times are lean now. We can't afford to just raise a crop of consumers that make absolutely no other contribution rather than consume and pay in tax. I mean, the the people that are in charge would love if we all are like that.、It、would make things so much easier for them, but that's not sustainable. If America wants to continue, that's just not sustainable. I had a joke with it. Really, it's probably unpleasant for a lot of people. Well, obviously, you don't want to belittle the sufferings of the indigenous people, and when、um, Europeans came and started occupying the land. People like to simplify and reduce it into a racial issue, which was a huge component. But the deciding factor of who was going to win or lose. Had always been the level of technological development and the level of economic power. So, which side is the current generation of American people on? Are they faced with people who want to explore and develop it the way they see fit, compared to people who were born and raised here but just wanted to keep it the way it has always been? Doesn't that story sound very familiar? If you're not careful, if you just want to be quote left alone, and you don't have the skills to be left alone, like you can't produce for yourself, you can't protect yourself, you just want all the guaranteed convenience without having to put in any contribution. That's not really left alone. You're being a kept human. There is no freedom in being a kept human. If you're not careful, if you don't take charge of resolving. Not covering, resolving the social economic issues that we have, the political issues that we have. People with better skill set, people with better education, people with more wealth, is going to wipe you out, just like to the indigenous tribes. It is just going to be part of history. Maybe another hundred years, two hundred years down the line, America will be completely different. Still well run by the people who are smart enough and capable of running this country the way it's supposed to be run, but it will be a completely different group of people. That's just that's my thought. And again, I've said this before. I am very upset that I was sold the dream of the ideal consumer. I don't worry about any of that boring heart stuff. Enjoy the good food. Enjoy the convenience. Live, love, and laugh. And do art, do all the fluffy, beautiful, creative things, and leave the boring stuff to us. You don't want to do that. You're not capable of doing that. And fuck you for telling me that I couldn't. And fuck myself for believing that for 20 years, and then waking up in my 30s thinking, oh fuck, I should have gotten into that. I want. That's what I wanted to do. That fucking boring stuff that protects me, that gave me power to protect myself. And my family and my community from assholes and lunatics. That's what I wanted to do. Like, great, I want to create art, but it doesn't affect my lifetime. It doesn't leave any positive marks. My family, my community. 
yeah, I'll do it in my spare time, but that's not what I'm passionate about. Because every single bullshit lie I have ever told everybody is telling them I'm passionate about art. I love art. I'm not passionate about it. So yeah, that's what I've been thinking a lot lately, just when I have time to think. Especially when it comes to Independence Day. A lot of people don't want to celebrate. A lot of people asking women and children to take a knee when they play the national anthem because of the Supreme Court justice decision. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you trying to make us into? The, the way to disagree with decisions made by the people in charge and power is to become the people in charge and power and to fight head on. It's not to passively aggressively to quote protest or take a fucking knee. This country is built on such an unprecedented principle. You cannot not respect that. It's foolish and it's very close-minded and it's short-sighted. I can I can I can keep going. It's all these negative things to not respect the imagination and the determination of founding a completely new country because you want to do a good job and managing yourself. You didn't want to rely on anybody else because you understand with convenience, benefit, it came with giving up control, giving up autonomy. But again, if I didn't have a child, if I'm okay living this way for the rest of my life, I don't have any major challenges in my life. I am fine. But to think that my daughter and their friend's generation is going to be left with a government that is more incompetent, with a society that's more fragmented, with an economy that is more broken, as I cannot live with that and I cannot have courtesy with anybody who thinks that is okay. And then, yeah, and then the majority of America is really bad at communicating. Same anywhere. Like, we're all so used to receive messages passively. I was trying to figure out this where this passive aggressiveness come from back to this country. This You see, this testing is a form of very passive aggressive disagreement. A lot of people disagree with me because they will think, oh, we're protesting, we're out on the street, that's us taking action, being proactive. Then again, very rarely does a protest, popular opinion changes anything when it comes to legislation. Very rarely. I am very Machiavellian. I just don't think that's how you play against the people that you think are evil. Like showing 100% of your intentions, showing your hand, because you disagree with them and you're trying to fight them and you're hoping they will come around because they saw all of your card. That's just not really how the game is played. And we need to educate more people to understand that. Like I'm not saying everybody has to scheme against each other and be shady and despicable. What I'm saying is you need to be smart about your strategy. Most things in life are not a one blow KO. It's not how you win a fight. You win a fight with cadence, you win a fight with stamina, you win a fight with strategy and technique. If you just think, I'm just going to charge out there and hit them in the face and struck them down, and that'll be the end of it, it rarely ever is. So just on this Independence Day, I know we're all celebrating and relaxing. If you get a chance, I'm not saying everybody should be out there and having arguments and disagreements with your friends and family. If you agree with me, Maybe pass this message on. Maybe just have them think about it. Think about the points I'm trying to make. To work harder 
um, coming up with a strategy to turn your life around, to solve your local problem, to, to do whatever it takes to regain your personal freedom, your independence from societal pressure, rework your life. Really put yourself in the, the founding father's shoes. You're forming the kingdom that is your life. And I'm not talking about burning everything down. That does not work. You can tell this is not a polished thought because I'm still actively thinking back on this. What does it mean? Or do you want independence? Like there are people who truly does not want independence. Then I would suggest, you know what? If you don't want independence, fucking move to China, bro. It's pretty sweet out there. If you just give up your personal freedom and your human rights, lots of opportunity. Go to Asia. There are plenty of opportunity after COVID. Let them take care of the COVID thing first and then go there. But if you, your independence is the most important thing to you personally, then stay here and fight. Something's got to change. I'm so sick of people shrugging their shoulders, especially if you have the opportunity to live somewhere 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 years. Do something. I'm going to stop myself right here. See you guys next week. That's what he said.